let's talk about leadership okay so a few years back my idea of leadership was someone at the top okay and i did not understand why why leadership was such a big deal whenever you see you see people talking about leadership and we need leaders and this uh, institute is for leaders or this will make leaders out of you right. and i was always of the opinion that leaders are important but you need a few leaders right. what is more important is that you need good followers as well yeah like a leader needs good followers and there is no focus on followers anywhere or and not just followers i when i say followers i also mean good followers who are rational and will uh help and guide and support the leader well enough so that leader can function well right so even now i see that leadership is a little bit overrated mm-hmm. and followers are a little underrated and i don't see the reason why it is so overhyped and everyone is so focused about making leaders out of people right so the question is do you think whatever the importance making leaders is given today in our world right. is justifiable hmm it's a tough one to say because uh uh i see where you're coming from in the sense of followership is i mean obviously as important if not more and anyway we don't quite know the exact skills it takes for one to be a leader because it quite depends on the community that you are trying to lead but but i also heard you say that uh, the image of leadership that you had is someone at the top but so do you do you also mean leadership in the sense of not someone at the top like what's what's the scope that you're trying to all right so i think we'll first need to define leadership yeah i mean it need yeah, not so be very earlier, formal but like just to get an idea right earlier my understanding of leader was someone who sits at the top is a leader yeah. so a commissioner is a leader yeah. a prime minister is a leader yeah. but over the years i think like leader ship qualities are useful even in small groups right. like even say a group of friends if someone has leadership qualities that group is going to face problems better off versus uh, another similar group who does not have any person who has good leadership skills but again then the question is what is leadership skills for me as of now a leader is someone who is like handling a few people people who are under Fair. or under yeah 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 okay I do think some some amount of leadership can be taught in the sense of like it should be treated as some skills to be learned but uh do I think it needs to be emphasized this much uh maybe not again I've I've not thought about it deeply or anything so I don't have uh very concrete views about teaching leadership but I think a leader needs some skills like for example they need to be good with time management they need to for example if they are very reactive and angry perhaps they are not going to make a great leader so yeah i i do think there there are certain skills that could be taught uh, as leadership as a whole i'm i'm not very sure so basically overall you think like it need not have so much attention that it gets i mean i don't know how much attention it should get and so i i can't say a yes or no for that but yeah maybe like as a first impression yeah, so any program or any activity you see these days like even if i see like they will say that we want leaders i we want to admit people who have already shown leadership qualities etc and this is everywhere yeah like are does the entire world needs leader and like there's no emphasis on followership etc in any case so uh, that is the supply side okay so there's a great deal of supply mm-hmm. in leadership made be college or some fellowship program or any company even like they will say like we want leaders okay. so there's a lot of supply for leadership right 
i also wanted to talk about demand for leadership right. uh in the last tap the tech meeting which we had on skype right. or hangouts or whatever right i asked a person if tomorrow there is a course right after which you are given directly the position of a ceo right would you take it and that person answered yes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i was wondering why that person answered yes i want to be a ceo mm-hmm. so i think do, many people want to be leaders just to be at that at the top level mm-hmm. and i think that idea is flawed mm-hmm. like they have this idea that the more high you are in the hierarchy of a company of mm-hmm. a government the better you are and that is the measure of your success but i don't think that is true right for example say a company which is say tesla mm-hmm. or tesla will have some entry level job right. say of a electrician or a mechanic right? right and then there will be engineers and then there will be designers and then there will be managers and then there will be the chief operating officer right. and then or and or the director and then there will be the ceo right what it seems like initially at least mm-hmm. is that whoever is on the top is the boss and he is he or she is the most deserving person that is the reason why they are on top right so the goal always has to be to be at the top right which i think is flawed like if that is the case why studying engineering at all like yeah and that that is also the mentality of many young people these days right yeah. i don't want to be engineers i just i just want to manage engineers right. because that in that way i'll be above engineers right so the question really is that do you align with this paradigm that whoever is at top is the best and your aim should always be at the top at any organization any government oh yeah oh no absolutely no uh, i mean it's it's a first of all it's just a logical contradiction like if everyone should aim at the top then like what do you expect like then there will be no fall that no that is okay na so if everyone aims at the top not everyone is going to make it i see and whoever is unable to make it those will be the followers you will have to settle in with the followers but that is is that the correct aim to have in your life right right, right. no i don't think that's the way uh, any organization works anyway so for example a skills of an engineer you can't just improve those skills and then you become the ceo like the ceo skill set is a very different skill set than the engineering skill set so i think there's no clean way to say that they are on one spectrum and then the ceo is on the top uh there might be some companies in which like the ceo is the best engineer or something but i don't think there's any uh it's it's certainly not the typical case anyway uh and i don't think there's any correlation there but in many cases i think that is the way it works right if you are good at something right they will make you a manager of that thing because you know that thing very well you are now going to be you are now going to guide other people to do the same isn't that how it works right but um, it's different if you're leading a project that you are an expert on but running a company uh-huh. is more diverse than that like you have an eng- like like let's just take the example of tesla because like every company is different i think there might be different qualifications to make so let's just let's just talk about tesla uh the, the tesla is not just engineers and it's not just engineering right there's a vision that like musk has i guess um and they're aiming for something so i think uh what musk's job would be or a ceo's job should be is to ensure that the vision of the company and the actions of the company are sort of in alignment now that has nothing to do with how great an engineer musk is himself although i am pretty sure knowledge of engineering will be very helpful so i am not even suggesting that his skills are irrelevant but you see the 
it's not necessarily the case that the best engineers should lead the engineers itself because there are other things to be considered when talking about a company so do you believe that a ceo of say tesla need not have really great engineering skills like if that person comes from let's say a humanities background and he, that person then did some mba and now that person is a ceo of a company say tesla so do you think it's okay if that is the case i don't think so because the ceo has to have good working knowledge of electric cars to be a ceo of an electric car company and the thing about creating the vision following the vision i think that is work of the founder and whoever was involved in the startup mm-hmm. that is the job for the founder and the founder need not be the ceo i've seen instances where the founder is say the chief operating officer but that person has given up job of ceo to someone who is experienced and who has already been ceo of two three companies or non profits and he is bringing that person because of the experience right. that person has but that person will also have the experience of the field the company or the non profit is working in right right um yeah i mean i think definitely there's some amount of knowledge of the field that is will be very helpful for running the ceo thing I, the question is whether it's absolutely required and the answer to that i think is no uh, like i mean i for that we don't need to look far right steve jobs is the classic all always <laughs> give an example of this like he had not much knowledge about engineering um, like i would say very very limited from what i gather so yeah i mean i don't think it's absolutely necessary like it's to- i can totally imagine cases where the ceo doesn't have a lot of technical expertise per se but there are other skill sets that they have that are very important okay yeah so basically you think it's okay if if someone really aims to be at the top yeah. in that case because i just want to be a ceo of some company and that is why i'm only going to focus on the skill sets required to become a good ceo and that is how i want to structure my career you think that is fine uh i i don't know i don't know i mean just being a ceo i i don't get what exactly is the skill set that anyway you will find and it's not just about management like the way i'm thinking leadership in general and even to some extent ceoship is that there is an element of vision that i was talking about now what you said about founders is a good point and sometimes we see founders becoming ceo sometimes we see that they don't so maybe in this particular dynamic in one particular company you would see that maybe the ceo is much more of a managerial position and then there's some other position who is doing the vision setting and all of this then maybe it's fine then in that sort of a case then you're just training to be a manager basically like it's literally you're you're learning execution uh which is i think then it's fine uh although there also i would think that there is some technical ability that might be useful and helpful but maybe it's fine in that case but i think a lot of ceo ship happens because they founded something and they had this vision and they are working for it etc so in that case it's not as easy to like just be a ceo right that was an important point i guess that you cannot train yourself to be a ceo really you can the best you can do is like get yourself trained to be a manager right mm-hmm. so then my question is it's it's a very easy trap to think that manager is above the people he or she is managing right so because that person is above i should aim for that and it makes sense right usually the metric by which we gauge a person's success is the package they have right, right. and managers usually will have better package than the people they are managing themselves yeah yeah so why rather become an engineer if you could become a manager of engineers yeah. and get a better package and be ahead of 
engineers so to speak right yeah i mean my opinion on that is uh i think it's a false hierarchy that we draw based on the income that anyone gets uh like think about it the highest paid people on this planet are celebrities and actors uh certainly not humanitarians certainly not scientists and i don't again i don't want to demean the arts or anything i think it's very important but i don't think you can say that people who are earning more are doing important work anyway so uh, the way our economy and the way we have structured our society it's it's it, it's not true that the reward is according to your importance in the world so uh, the other question i personally am grappling with is whether experience in a field is necessary for you to become a good leader and why is this personal to me so there is this course where they train you to be managers mm-hmm. okay in in non profits mm-hmm. so i was looking at this for myself right but i always had this feeling that this is not the correct time to be at a managerial position right say if i do that course first of all if i get selected for that course then i do that course and i directly go in a managerial post mm-hmm. i don't think that is the correct thing to do i think like i need to have some experience on the grassroots levels of whatever i am doing if that is tesla i should have some engineering experience yeah. again uh, now now i'm not talking about ceo but i'm now talking about managers right. so if i want to be even become a good manager right. i think that it helps to have some entry level experience so that i can do better at being a manager i i agree with you if you uh, yeah it 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 definitely definitely helps I mean it's simple thing like for example if I'm leading a design team let's say uh it it will be very helpful if I myself know how much time it takes for like let's say to make a poster like if I don't know that then if I give out certain deadlines it will be like it will be f- just arbitrary like it won't have any informed basis to it right and uh, there are some also other nuances like you know some things work and you just know some things don't work mm-hmm. and there are very small things yeah. which you encounter only while you're doing those work yeah. and if you go to a directly managerial position you don't have the nuance understanding of the work that is being done yeah yeah even i've dropped the idea of doing that course because of this reason and i think now having some time and some financial flexibility i mm-hmm. think i should spend this time doing some maybe a low earning thing and mm-hmm. get some grassroots level experience and then move ahead in ladder if i do want to move ahead again i am not clear on that as well yeah i mean i think a grassroots if like that's the choice that you have us then i think i would i would do the same cool so uh, the next thing about leadership uh, which is very interesting is what makes a good leader mm-hmm. so uh, th- there's a similar question i like to ask people mm-hmm. So uh, let's try to do that first because I have two good answers to that, and let's try to find out such similar answers if we can about leadership. Right. So the question is, when can you say two people are friends? Okay. So again, so these are not dictionary definitions, but these are just fun answers to these questions. Right. So the first answer is uh, when you don't measure the lengths and breadths of your words when you are speaking to that person. Right. Like you just speak without thinking. Right. that is one and the second one was when the silence between two people is not awkward <laughs> that's interesting uh, so the first one was you don't measure the length and breadth of your words i think i try to be mindful or whatever cautious of my speech all the time it doesn't matter if i'm talking to friends uh, which also means like i don't want to take my friends for granted uh, like just because they are my friends doesn't mean i speak to them without 
like i doesn't doesn't mean like i just shout out anything uh, especially if it's like insulting or something so that is why i was careful while saying this i, I said that these are not definitions of friendship these are just fun ways to express yeah, this yeah, yeah. so when i said that statement i meant it more in the way of pouring your heart yeah, out yeah. to someone yeah i mean i get what you mean i was just saying i i still yeah. try to be um mindful yeah pouring my heart out the, the, there's also flip side to this in this i try to be as honest as possible and as open as possible to anyone it doesn't matter friends or not mm-hmm. um that's dangerous uh that's dangerous yeah um why i mean it's not that i'm giving out like personal details or anything it just mm-hmm. it's a secure open state so it need not be secure no? that's the problem Say for example, Thakre has released the movie, and you're in Mumbai, and you have some critical comment about the movie. You're not going to say it out loud to to say four friends you made at the movie theater. You are going to be cautious. You're not going to be honest with them. Like you'll just you'll try to gauge what their inclinations are, and are they liberal, and can they take criticism, or they just rigid in their thinking, and try. Then you will try to be honest with them. So that is the context again. So that's what I'm saying. So these. uh statements don't apply to all contexts right um although i mean i would say there's a difference between being honest and being exhaustive uh, i won't like literally say everything that i want to uh uh-huh. but that doesn't mean <laughs> i'll lie like obviously okay. it's it like depends on how you gauge the situation and everything um uh, no no i'll i'll just lie <laughs> you'll just lie no so i mean uh, this yeah. is like maybe a different topic to discuss but i try my best to minimize my lies as much as possible Uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 surprising how much we lie actually in in a day to day life. Yes, yes, we lie a lot, and yeah. I don't feel ashamed about it or like again topic for another day. Yeah, I think, but yeah, my my personal view is zero lying is the aim. Yeah, cool. But uh, yeah, so coming back to the friendship thing. Um, yeah, so the second statement. Oh, oh, the second statement was what awkward silences. Yeah, that's a good one. That's an interesting one, right? Like when you meet someone and like this. a long pause or the silence to feel that urge to fill that silence with something let's bring up something how's the weather what food did you eat last night something right, right. but when the friendship is very strong it's okay if you're just standing or sitting there and not talking at all right hmm i mean i'm i'm trying to sort of like be comfortable with silences no matter awkward or not with everyone but i think it's a it's a good metric like in general speaking like without digging deep or anything i think it's a good one i like it on the <laughs> first impression at least so the next time our aim when we meet in person would be to try to have as many silent spells as as possible hmm. <laughs> um yeah maybe i mean i guess it, it can't be an aim it it just has to be consequential not determined yeah of course of, yeah. of course um on that note Uh, will you be coming back to india anytime soon anytime soon i don't know i can't say anything at this point just that the last time we met like it did not struck me that this could be the <laughs> yeah. last time we are meeting in person for a very long time fair enough yeah 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 it it's been the case with like almost everyone like for example those who left those who i left back at college uh it was just like one night that we were together and then it's literally been like what a few months that i've not even seen them yeah hmm. Okay, so um, coming back to leadership, uh-huh. uh, so I was also thinking about what makes a good leader, right? And so the first one goes like this: mm-hmm. a good leader is someone who can make new good leaders. Okay, that's interesting. Again, because I think uh, 
it is duty of every good leader to create new leaders because i think good leaders are at the best of the position to train and mentor and groom better leaders and that is why it is sort of a duty of the us to uh make good leaders out of people and if they don't like it's a missed opportunity like you had the opportunity to make a good leader because of the position and the success you had okay and you did not use it wisely okay uh, i mean see i've been in many positions of leadership but i've never tried to make anyone a leader but having said that i mean i i don't want to take any credit about this because i didn't do anything explicitly but i do think the organizations that have that i've led had have produced like good enough let's say leaders precisely because they had like responsibilities uh like if i headed an organization there were 10 other people who headed like say departments and that i think is training enough i don't need to do anything above and beyond that no i think this this much you can there's so much you can do first of all like just delegating them responsibilities which are not just namesake but they are actually responsible of things ab- about things and because now you are at the top of the hierarchy mm-hmm. you will be responsible for the mistakes they do yeah so are you as a leader giving them the space to make mistakes mm-hmm. and are you giving them the space where if they do make mistakes mm-hmm. they are comfortable enough to come up to you and say see i've done this mistake i'm sorry right there are small things you can do which can be deliberate yeah yeah so i'm definitely saying i can do a lot uh in enabling them to be uh good leaders it's just that i'm not doing that with the intention of training them to be good leaders uh the intention would be something like whatever work we produce is the best that we have ever produced something like that so uh, on this very particular point i'm a very big fan of like delegating responsibility to the point that they feel completely independent with their departments like they should not be poking in the nose sort of a like that's my style like once i appoint someone as a department head or something i try my level best to not interfere it's not like i am giving orders and people will execute it it's i don't think that is it's not my style and i think i've learned this over time like first of all when i started with like smaller organizations say in school and stuff my image of leadership was something like uh you give orders then there is it, it trickles down the hierarchy and everyone sort of does their own execution uh depending on where in the hierarchy there now my my vision of leadership is more like uh have you have you do you know anything about the octopus nervous system all of that tentacles are independent is that what it no is? no no i mean maybe on a superficial level but i think there's a deeper point there with that analogy is that octopus doesn't have a central brain uh it does have uh-huh. one area which has like higher concentration of neurons and stuff but the brain itself is diffused across its body and uh-huh. that's what i think of as a leadership like surely there could be a concentration here and there but i think the brain part of it should go throughout the body it should not be just like one person doing all the brain work and then it's just execution all the way down so i think those are things that train leadership it's just that i'm not looking like i'm not thinking of it in terms of like i'm training leaders all right okay so uh, the person who said this may not have really meant it in that way anyway mm-hmm. so uh, but what struck me was that you said that you did not explicitly do all these things so that you could make good leaders out of them yeah but the way you would present it is we want to make the best thing best product or best service or you want to achieve this the in the best way possible yeah. right yeah so uh my question to you is what do you give importance to do you give importance to people or do you give importance to the final result i give importance to both 
productivity and happiness that's that's how i like to think and that was a very diplomatic answer but see no it's, it's not to, even dip, i mean uh there's nothing what diplomatic what you had to sacrifice one uh i would sacrifice productivity over happiness yeah i mean i think that's a false dichotomy i think more happy more productivity but this question uh-huh. often nice. comes up yeah. uh so i i i have a very clear answer to that nice so better the happiness better the productivity yeah. interesting so you came up with this words productivity and happiness i gave you two options which was the result and the people yeah so what you're saying is if you concentrate on people anyway the result is going to be better than if you would have concentrated on the result rather than people see there is a problem with concentrating just on people and not focusing on the result in that you can get complacent uh so i do think there is a uh, balance yeah balance that needs to be struck struck but if you are giving me that that let's say a push comes to shove there is a trade off then i would certainly choose people oh yeah no problem here they can remain friends <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean uh, as a, you you said is diplomatic but i would say i would argue that see all of these things are not i'm not talking in the abstract i've literally made organizations which had like i would i would explicitly state that this is the aim i would recruit people based on this like i would literally ask them about happiness at work and their productivity metrics and if if people would say some things like they would sacrifice sleep for 3 days to get work done that's not necessarily a positive for me <laughs> at least not in my uh, organization and th- i would like literally put these as the premises and and i think i was grateful to have a team that believed in these same premises so we did form a good ecosystem around it which ensured both productivity and happiness so it i'd say it not as a means of diplomatism but as a means of something that i've actually aimed for in real life because now you touched up on recruitment uh-huh. uh, i'd like to bring this up mm-hmm. so uh, nowadays i'm listening to lot of motivational talks by simon i think you'll recognize him once you see his face uh, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know i know i know yeah yeah it his famous talk is about millennials and the millennial problem okay in any case so he talks about his golden circle okay there are three concentric circles okay. the inner one is why the outermost is what mm-hmm. and the middle one is how mm-hmm. and he says that all great people all great companies they communicate according to these three circles the best ones will say why they do it okay and uh, most of them will know what they do mm-hmm. and some of them will know how they do mm-hmm. and he was talking to a bunch of managers mm-hmm. in some conference and he said that while recruiting you should recruit people who believe in your idea mm-hmm. like first of all you should know the why of your company mm-hmm. and once you know the why of company the best way to recruit people is to recruit people who really believe in the why of the company mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't recruit the topper of the class or the best athlete of the class etc mm-hmm. and he also says that performance of employees matters mm-hmm. a lot upon the leaders or the managers so he he quotes an example he says i went to a hotel in las vegas so mm-hmm. there i met this barista and it was great talking to that person and he was just amazing at the work he was doing and he paid right. him he gave him a huge tip right so in the conversation mm-hmm. uh, he asked do, do you love your job mm-hmm. he said that yes i love my job mm-hmm. he asks why do you think you can do such a good job mm-hmm. he says that my managers keep roaming around they are always trying to ask me how can i help you better but then he says that i also work at this other hotel mm-hmm. 
when the managers are not the same mm-hmm. they will always be scolding they will always be looking out whether i'm doing my job correctly or not and they will try to find uh, my mistakes and if in that case if i do make a mistake i would not really want to open up about my mistake because that is going to anger my manager and that managers don't have empathy there Whereas here, where he works, the managers are very empathetic mm-hmm. and they are very open mm-hmm. and they are very helpful. Mm-hmm. So, according to him, the employee is same, but the difference of managers makes this employee work in a different manner in both the cases. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this because it touched upon recruiters, and I think that does make sense. Like, if you want to recruit some people, mm-hmm. the best way to recruit people is to recruit people who really believe in the why mm-hmm. of your organization, right. your vision, maybe. Right. And but again, that is easier said than done. Like, how will you gauge whether this person sitting in front of you really does believe in your vision, or that person is just claiming to believe in your vision because your paycheck is good? But yeah. again, story for another day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I my simple thought on that is like recruitment is a very difficult and important, like let's just say, art form, um, because <laughs> you have very very limited amount of time to make a very very important judgment. Uh, Right, and I I always took this decision or this art, as you say, took it for granted. Like, what is such a big deal about it? Just take some, take a few interviews, ask two or three questions. Whoever's answers are like out of the box, selected. That's it. But it turns out that is not so easy. Yeah, recruitment is tough. Yeah, yeah, and it can it can have a lot of adverse impact as well. Let's say you you value independent thinking a lot. But what might end up happening is that if you select every one of that type, they might not work very well together. A, <laughs> uh, and B, there might be some other confounds that you're missing. Like perhaps they are also like by virtue of being very independent, maybe they have some other downside to them. Like they might be bad to work with as a group in teams. You know, right. so compatibility, uh, working in teams, all of that. So it's it's not easy to just say that I want. someone who has independent thinking you need to see how they'll fit in a team context if you're selecting for any other quality as a confound etc okay okay so coming back to our leadership discussion mm-hmm. uh, that was the first thing i'd like to define leader a good leader is the ability to make other good leaders so a second statement does not really explain what makes a good leader mm-hmm. but tries to answer the question who is a leader really mm-hmm. and what makes a leader a leader a characteristic Right. So, is a leader someone who sits at the top? I don't think that is the answer because if you choose the wrong person, that person is not the leader. So, just the name tag mm-hmm. of better power position does not make you a leader. Mm-hmm. So, the answer is the burden of being a leader mm-hmm. makes you a leader. And this comes from the recent movie I saw, which is Uli. Are you watching Bollywood movies there? Do you watch movies at all ever? I mean, obviously, I watch movies at all ever. Bollywood, not as much. Like. Sometimes if I'm eating lunch or something, I might turn on Amazon Prime and watch a little bit. But yeah, not not as a consistent thing. But I I think like this is the best time of Bollywood right now. Like oh, really? some good movies coming out back to back. Some good actors getting chance in working in good movies. That's good. Budget, that's good to etc. hear. So yeah, so Uri is one of them. Like I really like that movie. Okay. and that is when so while watching this amazing movie i noted this down for our podcast notes mm-hmm. so uh uli is about the surgical strikes india did in the pok okay so the team which is going to do the surgical strike he is the leader mm-hmm. right and the burden is 
he will do all the planning right planning and execution is done by this team leader mm-hmm. and if his planning and or execution fails or is not on point mm-hmm. someone is going to die there yeah yeah and that is the burden mm-hmm. of a leader right, right and that is what makes a leader and that is why it is so challenging right. be a leader right 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 yeah i mean i think that's a good one again it's basically there are responsibilities diffused across everyone but then they all trace back to you obviously if someone fails they have failed but also you have failed as a leader you know there's Correct. that trickling down of responsibility right. so yeah yeah i i like that there's some merit to that for sure i've always taken as i said we began this by saying what is so special about being a leader right i want to end this by saying that this is what is so difficult and special about being a leader the burden of being a leader and that is why it is so emphasized and rightly so maybe again not really sure but that is why it is that is why you see it all around and maybe it is because we don't have really good leaders in certain spaces and they are still in demand and that is why the supply side has come up we want to make good leaders yeah. and the business schools are focusing on leadership skills and this is the reason why it is difficult because the burden is huge yeah yeah also in between there was this talk about whether going to the top is the aim and that is what you should aim for in your life right making this a personal question whether i would like to be at the top mm-hmm. and is it that something i am aiming for in life 6 mm-hmm. 7 years back that was the aim mm-hmm. and uh, ceo meant the pinnacle of success there's nothing above it right. that is why that is what you should aim for right but something i read on kora really changed my perspective right so there was this question asked by a student in his or her class right. to a teacher mm-hmm. that uh, what should i do in my life whether i should be a leader or not or whether i am better off doing something else and not taking up a leadership role in life so the teacher says that yes being a leader is cool and being a leader you have greater impact people these days want impact in their life want a meaning in them in their life and being a ceo does definitely gives you that impact and meaning in life right and it is cool basically to be at the top mm-hmm. but she points out that whenever you are at the top you are alone Mm-hmm. and it's a lonely job like there was a series of podcast episodes done by freakonomics where they interviewed uh, ceos of big corporations right. like pepsi and gm motors etc right. and every one of them agreed that being a ceo is a lonely job you don't really have anyone to talk about right. the problems you are having whereas if you're somewhere in the middle level management you always have co-managers directors to talk about things and at the end of the day do you value impact more or do you value general well-being of your life more and if you gravitated more towards general well-being while making a decent impact okay. you would be better off not taking that leadership role and whereas if you value impact and you really have that drive to make the change you want to see in this world then ceo is the correct route for you and for me it has mostly gravitated towards general well-being and like i've okay. thrown away that ideology that if if i want to think of my life as a great life i should end up at the top and if that is not happening my life wasn't the best life i could have had that yeah. has changed now i think even if i not at the top i am somewhere way below the ceo level okay. in my organization 
but i was happy at the end of day while making some decent impact i think that's a life well lived yeah i mean i certainly don't think that being a ceo is a life aim anyway but uh, and again whenever i talk about ceo it not just ceo it could be any top level position in politics it could be the prime minister of india in government it could be the cabinet secretary of india etc right. so any top level position not really ceo person right right i i i understand so i mean there are few thoughts that come to mind one is i i the thing that i was mentioning before which was i think happiness and like work should go hand in hand and potentially reinforce each other so i don't think i mean i agree that as, as someone who has again being in some level leading some organization they are like small organizations not like any company level or anything but still there are some organizations i would say yes it is lonely but it's not lonely in the sense of i have no friends lonely it's lonely in the sense of there are very few people who can do this lonely so what you can trace it back to is in general if you sort of improve yourself you're becoming a statistical aberration right like if you grow a lot then you are by definition going into the extremes where by definition there are few people like that's just how the normal distribution is so what you mean basically is like the more you grow there are less number of people with that level of growth so you will be able to like connect and have conversations with less number of people as more and more you grow yeah is that what you're getting at yeah cool yeah so it's it's not just like top in terms of organizational skill as long e- even if you are traversing the spectrum of better like you are just becoming better like replace better at with whatever you want you are going to mm-hmm. get into a minority and the more mm-hmm. things you are better at the more minority prone you are so whenever you are right. whenever you are engaging in any sort of self improvement you are sort of inherently taking that vow to be a little bit outside of the normal zone mm-hmm. yeah but that is not to say that it's it will make you unhappy <laughs> but there is the scope of being unhappy there is room like, i i i mean say for example if you are at the top then there's it's a very great ground for arrogance like breeding arrogance uh and uh-huh. then that can lead for people to be distant from you and then that can cause loneliness and un- further unhappiness but then you have made a jump from saying that i was because i am a ceo therefore i am lonely but uh, even keeping aside arrogance the higher up you traverse mm-hmm. the more time will have to devote to that thing right? right because you are this you have the highest responsibility right so the more time you give to that one thing in which you are at the top so you mm-hmm. don't have co prime ministers or co ceo right although you will have your team and you can work on making that team very good right you can create a space where there is some room for friendship and some room for personal talks right but at the end of the day you are at the top right. and you are spending most of your day being acting as that agent uh, sitting at the top right and that is why it is lonely and irrespective of arrogance and irrespective of you being a good leader or a bad leader i think there are more avenues to be lonely if you are at the top and it 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 would rather be very difficult and cumbersome and it would be a task really to have good meaningful conversations relationships while being at top i mean perhaps yes within the organization but then you can always have relationships outside of the organization uh and so as i said if you are at the top you'll have to devote a lot of time to that thing right because you are the person who is the most responsible for that uh, organization uh, i mean as in counterintuitive as it sounds i don't i don't necessarily agree with it uh, i don't 
think just because you have more responsibility implies you spend more time i would say some people in fact have spent more time on some things that so to speak led uh, and that's not because <laughs> i have worked less it's just because the nature of their task was such that that required more time like for me it's easy to just go to let's not say easy but for me it's quick to talk to four like people who are heading certain departments let's say and then for them it's quick to talk to someone to let's say now design a poster but the actual designing of a poster is faster than the both the talking combined you know uh-huh. uh so I I'm not very sure if that's true that literally you have to spend more time. I think it would be a s- similar amount of time roughly speaking. Uh, the the time it varies when you spend your time. So for example, I have to spend a lot of time thinking about what we'll do next year which means my summer vacation is a lot of that whereas everyone else is probably enjoying. But then actually when we are executing because I've done the planning and everything before and I I don't do a lot of direct hands-on execution. Uh I mean I do some of it but not a lot. as in a sometime someone who's doing it full time so the actual time i'm spending is actually less let me ask you this question have you ever done any internship have i i mean currently i think the research thing counts as an internship no i mean i don't think so why i asked you this question is i think you and i haven't had legit work experience till now like see bureaucrats or uh, people working in corporate stuff yeah not corporate but as i said this this counts as an internship the research project that i'm doing maybe okay let's not argue with that uh-huh. so uh, the, the reason i asked you that question is mm-hmm. when i was doing my one internship which right. was for a month right it was so difficult i did not expect so much of time being invested in the job right. so you always think in numbers right you have 24 hours 8 hours you will sleep 8 right. hours you will work and 8 hours you have, have you have for yourself but again let's say you have some other 4 hours you give it to some other things say maybe fitness or traveling etc right. but then again you have 4 hours for yourself right but it does not work that way once you come back from your work mm-hmm. even at an intern level mm-hmm. you are so tired and exhausted that you just feel like just watching tv eat your dinner and go to sleep mm-hmm. so drawing a parallel if that is the case for an intern the case is extrapolated for the ceo mm-hmm. maybe the time investment is not great mm-hmm. but there will be some time investment and again because the responsibilities connected with that top position mm-hmm. is must must be so overwhelming that even if the person has enough time mm-hmm. to devote to other things other people it is easier said than done because first of all you have come from work and secondly even when you come from work it is not easy to switch off all the responsibilities of yours as the top level person at any organization so that is why i think it is also lonely so when we say lonely yes you can make relationships outside your organization as well but you are going to spend the entire day within the organization and whenever you go back to your home it is going to be very difficult to like have the energy and the courage and the patience to put your energy into something else and that is why i think people at the top are very prone to loneliness yeah i mean uh, i get it i get it why it people are prone to like basically let's say as a sort of workaholism because they they have that responsibility but i do think with training it's possible to maintain a very good sense of well-being and run a company 
successfully yeah so with training everything is possible what i'm saying is that training is very difficult and yeah, it is sure. easier said than done it's super difficult to execute it well yeah, yeah. i mean I'm, and it will it is going to take a lot of time yeah yeah i i mean i never said well being is an easy skill anyway so yeah in whichever context 